0: Yo, what is the upskis, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. And oh my god, can you smell it? Can you smell what the rock is cooking? I smell hockey. I smell meaningful hockey. Oh, I smell the NHL regular season beginning, baby. And yeah, I know it started like on the weekend or whatever with the fucking global series or whatever, but who gives a shit? So technically, it started on that weekend with those two games, but the the season has officially kicked off on Tuesday. The whatever date the fuck that is. Now it's Wednesday. This is when the season really kicks off for me officially because we got our first Toronto Maple Leaf game tonight, baby. And they're playing the Habs, and I hope it's going to be an 8 nothing ass-kicking, but we'll have to just wait and see, so... Yeah, are you guys fucking excited? Are you ready? Are you finally, are you ready to go, baby? Because it's fucking NHL season time. I'm excited for this one. Been listening to a lot of the my the, the hockey podcasts that I listen to. They were doing all their, their previews and, and predictions and all that stuff. And yeah, I did mine like a month ago, so not a big deal. So there you go. And I think some of their takes were absolutely banana. Still a lot of faith in those Boston Bruins. I mean... I don't know. I think people just believe in the Bruins too much because they've been successful for so long. But come on now. Like, so many people, they're just, they're just, they're not even like arguing the fact that they have injuries. They're just like, nope, they're the Bruins. They're going to make it. I'm like, fuck that shit. That's stupid. I think they're going to miss it. And I hope they do miss it. And I hope they suck and all that good stuff. But let's get into all the news over the last week. So we got some big signings this week. And the biggest signing this week. Oh, this was a big one. Logan Malyu. I mean, oh man, we've been waiting for this guy. I'm just kidding. Um, Logan Malyu did sign, though, his ELC contract for the Montreal Canadiens. So, congratulations. But the big one, the big... Well, there's two big ones this week. But the biggest of the big was Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars finally signs up... And yeah, he got pretty much what everyone expected him to get, four years, $31 million in total, $7.75 million per season. I mean, this kid is an absolute stud. He's 23 years old, a winger, Last season in 74 games, he had 41 goals, 38 assists, 79 points. And yeah, I think he's going to be doing a lot more of that in the in the coming years with the Dallas Stars. They are in desperate need of him because they cannot... Apparently, they just forgotten how to score goals without this kid in the lineup. So they're very happy to have him in the lineup. And I imagine all the people that drafted him this season and their fantasy drafts are also breathing a sigh of relief it's okay breathe breathe it's okay he's on your team now it's all good Uh, he may have a slower start than than maybe some people are expecting because he missed training camp and all that good stuff but thankfully the Dallas Stars finally got it done four years is uh, you know it is what it is I don't know if that's gonna I think uh, as far as I heard that's still going to take him to restricted free agency uh, you, you Don't quote me on that one, but I think that's how that works. And that's really good-ish news for the Dallas Stars. I think at the end of that four-year deal, this, this gentleman is going to get paid. I am talking more than likely going to be over a $10 million player if he continues this. If he continues to be a 40-goal 40, 40 scorer, could very well be a 90-point player, depending on how good the Dallas Stars are around him. Uh, without question, he is, the, he is the most important player for them. Uh, going into this season and um, yeah their preseason did not go very well. We'll I'll talk a little bit about the preseason now that it's done. I'll talk about a a few things that I I saw in the preseason but um, yeah congratulations Jason Robertson. I hope that your brother Nick Robertson will be as good as you someday and uh, we'll be talking about Nick Robertson a little bit later on in the podcast as well. Another major signing out of the Calgary Flames. I mean geez what an offseason they have they get mckenzie weger locked up for an eight-year deal 50 million dollars coming out to 6.25 million dollars per season 28 years old right-handed shot defenseman very very valuable eight years is a fuckload that's going to take him till he's like 36 37 years old so yeah more than likely you know that back part of it's going to be not so great but uh, who knows? I mean, with the cap going up, it won't be maybe as bad, But and I think Mackenzie Wieger is a very, very good defenseman. He's going to be, as far as I know, the top pairing defenseman in Calgary this season, and last season in 80 games, 8 goals, 36 assists, 44 points. I think we can expect maybe those point totals to go up just a little bit. Don't go crazy. Like, I don't, I don't see him as a 60-point defenseman, but I can see him hitting 50 points this year in Calgary. Yeah, he's more than likely going to be doing, uh, oh, I don't really know if he's going to be top power play over there, but he definitely was not top power play over there in Florida. That would be going to Ekblad, but Ekblad got hurt, so Mackenzie Weaker got some top peepee. But, uh, yeah, that's really good news for the Calgary Flames. Now, a lot of Flames fans and and pretty much hockey fans all around are claiming now that the calgary flames without question have won that deal now they got huberto locked up for eight years they got weger signed for eight years and they got that other young kid as well so yeah i think it's safe to say that calgary flames won this deal and uh yeah good shit for Mackenzie weger uh we'll have to talk we'll have to revisit this signing and like four or five years or so and we'll see if everyone's still happy with it but right now i feel like the calgary flame fans are quite happy right now with uh how their season their off season has went and i think it was really good for them as well honestly i think they're a better team right now on paper than they were last season uh even though they lost two 100 point players 40 goal scorers but the returns that they got and the signings of Kadri I think they're a better playoff team I think they're going to perform a lot better in the playoffs this is like you got Weeger is is no no slouch he's a tough customer Kadri is ugh, so annoying he could be so annoying and to deal with him in a playoff series is going to be no fun and on top of that Kadri has had a good career at being able to shut down Connor McDavid he was able to do it in Toronto whenever Ka- uh, Connor McDavid would roll into town. He had a pretty good run at being able to shut him down. He shut them. He shut down McDavid last year in the playoffs on their way to the Stanley Cup. So I think Calgary also is aware of that, and that's probably a major reason why they signed him. What the hell's going on? Why'd everything stop? Oh, there we go. Okay, my computer just had a small seizure, and I was concerned. But yeah, uh, Calgary, I think they uh, maybe... I don't think they're going to be as performing as good. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. But I think they're just more set for the playoffs this year and and, in Calgary. I think that's what matters most right now is a good playoff performance and maybe even a Stanley Cup. We'll have to wait and see. Toronto Maple Leafs sign Zach Aston Reese. We all knew that he was, uh, it looked like he was going to get signed. We're just waiting for like the last week, and it's a one year deal worth $840,000. 69 games played last year, 5 goals, 10 assists, 15 points. Obviously, he's not going to break the world with a whole bunch of offensive uh, points for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but apparently he's really good defensively. I didn't watch him or basically anything of the preseason, because I don't really just not into that, but Happy to see that they got him signed. And we'll be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs lineup a little bit later. But let's continue onward with the last few remaining signings here. New York Rangers get Jimmy VC. Oh, the Jimmy VC sweepstakes way back in the day, and how outrageous that is. And now here he is signing with the New York Rangers again, but this time for league minimum. So, yeah. Last year, 68, 68 games played. 15 points so yeah uh, he never lived up to those jimmy vc sweepstakes potential that people thought this kid was going to be but yeah he seems to just love playing in new york so he remains tampa bay signs pierre cedric labrie one year league minimum 35 years old more than likely a depth signing right there ottawa senators re-sign or i don't know if they re-signed him but he's definitely played here before derek brassard one year league minimum Last year, he played 46 games, 8 goals, 11 assists, 19 points. 35 years old now, and I believe if he gets traded one more time, I don't know if he's going to match or surpass uh, Sillinger for the most teams played in an NHL career. He is at 10 right now, I believe. He's played for 10 different teams. Now, you take that as it is. A lot of, I think, Sillinger, what he used to say is like, oh, you, you can't find a home. You must not be that good of a player. He, and his response would be, it's like, no, I ever, everybody wants me. That's why I keep going to all these different teams because everybody wants a little piece of him. So Derek Broussard re-signs or signs back up with the Ottawa Senators. Don't know if he's going to be playing anymore after this season, but we'll have to just wait and see. I kind of hope that he gets traded at some point just so he can break that record. Maybe he even asked for, he's like, hey, can you just trade me to whoever will take me and then I can have something to to retire with, but whatever vegas gold knights get the nicholas hagg uh, deal completed three years 6.8 million dollars in total coming out to 2.29 million dollars per season he's only 23 years old left shot defenseman 52 games last season four goals 10 assists 14 points uh vegas was in desperate need to have this guy in their on their blue line this year so it's a good thing for them that they got him signed Derek Stepan, another older-ish guy who has been around for a while, signs a one-year league minimum deal with the Carolina Hurricanes. Another depth signing here for them. They are just so deep. It's ridiculous. 58 games last year, 9 goals, 10 assists, 19 points. He's 32 years old, so he's still got a little bit to offer here in the NHL. Michael Stone signs with the Calgary Flames. One-year league minimum deal. Uh, What the hell? Is that correct? Last year he played 11 games and he got 6 points? Whoa. No wonder they re-signed him. Right, hot, right shot defenseman. More than likely a depth signing here for the Calgary Flames. But, you know, depth is good to have. And then last but not least, Anton Strollman signs with the Boston Bruins. One year, $1 million. I uh, don't know if he played last season. He's 36 years old, so... Yeah, Bruins are going to need some defensive depth or even, I don't even know, he might even be playing for them this year. So that's good for him. Anton strawman has been around for a really long time and I kind of like him, so that's key. Okay, so we have uh, a couple trades here to go through. Just just the two. Vancouver Canucks acquire Riley Stillman and the Chicago Blackhawks acquire Jason Dickinson and a second round pick in 2024. So this is basically a cap dump Uh, cap dump for the Vancouver Canucks they want to get out of the Jason Dickinson contract which uh, yeah it's not the worst contract but it was definitely hurting them a little bit so yeah having to sacrifice a second round pick to get rid of that contract is kind of a beefy price to pay but uh, that's the kind of things we're going to be expecting out of uh, some teams this year especially going to the teams that have salary cap and I would say about 50% of the league is over the cap or at the cap and the rest, and I would say, I don't know, it's like four or five of them have like a ridiculous amount of cap, like Arizona, Chicago, and uh, Anaheim, they all have a ridiculous amount of cap. We're talking like $14, $15 million in cap space, so teams should be calling those those teams up right now and uh yeah sadly vancouver's setting the market very high very very high for uh dropping off a a shitty contract that they don't want having to sacrifice a second round pick and that just gives me flashbacks to when the leafs signed patrick marlowe to a deal that everyone knew was going to be terrible, and then they had to give up a first-round pick to get rid of him to Carolina, and they ended up getting Jarvis out of that, and he looks like he's going to be a very, very good player. So, yeah, so uh, that's a hefty price to pay for the Vancouver Canucks, but that's what happens when you sign shitty contracts. So, yeah, Vancouver Canucks, are uh, they, they do that a lot, but uh, yeah. And the one other trade that happened this week was Edmonton acquiring Klim Costine, and St. Louis acquiring Dmitry Samarukov. Don't know who the fuck that is, but I do know who Klim Kostian is. He was a former first round pick. Basically a second round pick, because he was picked 31st overall. I always thought he was going to be a solid player, but it just apparently hasn't worked that well with the St. Louis Blues, but I think someone said that this kid, uh, Klimkousky, may be on the top, playing on the top line for a hot second. I don't know about that, but if he goes to Edmonton and he can get on the wing with Connor McDavid and/or Drysidle, uh, who knows what he can do? So, you know, it's a trade. It's a trade. So I just I have no idea who that other dude is. I've never heard of him before. Okay, let's do the injury news. I'm not gonna go through like all of the injuries and stuff. I'm just gonna go through like a few that pop out to me. Okay, let's just get... Oh my goodness, I have I have five pages open right now just because there's a lot of stuff we got to get through. Okay, so John Gibson is day-to-day. Bacchanainen for the Ducks is on the injured reserve. Uh, Jacob Chikrin is on injured reserve right now. Um, yeah, there's not like too many that I want to talk about. I mean, Oliver Shillington is still on the injured reserve for the Calgary Flames. He's not going to be making it for the beginning of the season, which really sucks dick. Jason Dickinson, the guy that they just acquired uh, with Chicago, he is on the injured reserve along with a whole lot of guys in Chicago, but none of their names are all that big. I mean, Caleb Jones, we have already talked about him. Gabriel Landeskog still, they don't know when his return is, so it doesn't look like he's going to be making it for the the uh, opener um okay Ty delandria these guys aren't too important kayler yamamoto and and um edmonton is day to day with an undisclosed injury uh unclear if he will be ready to go for the season opener so that kind of sucks we have got logan mal joel armia on and uh, montreal is uh, still on injured reserve Got Nico Hische in New Jersey. He's still on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. Uh, he was on the ice, though, on Tuesday for practice. So they're hoping that they're going to get him pretty soon because they're really, really going to need him this year. Uh, okay, that guy's not important. Day-to-day stuff, we don't care about that. There is... I know there's one in, in St. Louis I want to talk about because that one kind of sucks. But Jaden Schwartz, nothing else. Uh, what else is new? He is day-to-day... Jaden Schwartz is an injury-prone bitch, but when he is in the lineup, he's a pretty damn good player. He just can never manage to stay healthy for a whole season ever, but yeah. Anyway, St. Louis Blues' Scott Perunovic is going to be down for quite a while. He is a young defenseman for them, looking like he was going to have a big season. They were going to have a bigger role for him this year, and he gets hurt in the preseason. He's going to be down for quite a while. I don't know how long, but it's going to be a minute. It's definitely not going to be back really soon, but uh, yeah, that's a major blow for the St. Louis Blues blue line, because uh, they were really looking forward to see what this kid could do. He was He's one of their better prospects over there. And that's just about Brock Besser is day-to-day. Again, what else is new? Brock Besser is always dealing with something. Uh, right now, he's dealing with a hand injury. He was a full, full participant at practice on Tuesday and feels ready to play, so... We'll see how that goes. Brock Bester is dying for a fucking season where he doesn't get injured. And, uh, you know, a hand injury for a guy who you, who's um, uh, a goal scorer that's not a good injury to have. Uh, Elias Pedersen had to deal with that last season, and he was really bad at the beginning. But then the second half of the season, whenever Bruce um, Bruce Brujo took over, he was literally on a 50-goal pace. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see what's going on with... Um, with Elias Petterson this year, there's a lot of uh, question marks going on for him this year. A lot of people are thinking he's a bust. I think that's fucking banana lands, whoever's talking about that stuff. He was dealing with a major wrist injury last year, which was really affecting him. And a coach that didn't know how to use him properly, and now he's got a coach that knows how to use him. So that's good. Connor Garland is also day-to-day with the Vancouver Canucks. Um don't know if he's going to be ready to go and Ilya Mikheyev still dealing with his lower body injury is on injured reserve and Carl Haglin of the Washington Capitals is on injured reserve he underwent uh hip surgery this week and will be sidelined definitely so yeah more than likely won't be I don't know if he's even going to be back for this season because hip injuries are really really major injuries for a hockey player uh, Pierre Luc Dubois and uh, Winnipeg is day to day with a lower lower body injury, and Mason Appleton, uh, also of the Jets, is on injured reserve, upper body injury. Okay, so that's it. That's all for the injuries. So let's move over to some of the waivers. A lot of waiver shit going on. I definitely won't be going through everybody, but but we'll go through a few. Okay, so some of the ones, uh, some of the bigger claims that happened throughout this week, the Winnipeg Jets claimed forward Axel Johnson-Fialbi from the Washington Capitals. Uh, As far as I know, he's a pretty decent forward, so, you know, the fact that he got picked up must mean someone's interested in him and the Winnipeg Jets were, so they steal him from the Washington Capitals. This one I knew. I was a little surprised that this guy ended up going on waivers because I knew for a fact he was going to get claimed. And goaltender Connor Ingram of the Nashville Predators is now property of the Arizona Coyotes. You poor fucking bastard. That sucks, but... um yeah he's more likely going to get shelled on the regular over there in Arizona but uh Arizona is desperate for a goalie over there so they were bound to pick up one of these goaltenders that were going on waivers and I think Connor Ingram was probably the best bet because he's not too bad he's not he's not a very you know he's not a starter or anything but he, he did his best last season for the Predators in the playoffs he did what he could he was better than big save Dave who was kind of like can't make a big save Dave nowadays because he Literally can't stop fucking anything now, but yeah, sadly, the Nashville Predators losing Connor Ingram, that kind of sucks for them, Anaheim Ducks added forward Brett Liaison from the Capitals, and they also lost their defenseman Josh Mahura, who was claimed by the Florida Panthers. Chicago Blackhawks uh, claimed Jared Tornorty off the of waivers from the New York Rangers. So defenseman there for Chicago Blackhawks. Again, you poor bastard, you're going to have a miserable season over there. And they're more than likely going to use him um Boston Bruins uh, were letting go a lot of guys Mike Riley, Chris Wagner, and Nick Felino all clearing waivers this week. Uh, you know, Nick Felino might raise an eyebrow or two, but he is literally his back is destroyed so I don't know how much he's got left in the tank for the NHL. Uh, if, you, if you've if you watched the um, the Toronto Maple Leafs Amazon Prime series, you saw like the kind of the beginning of Nick Foligno's back problems, like he, he literally couldn't even move basically, he was down on the ground and yeah, sad to see, sad to see that because I, I enjoyed Nick Fellino for his quick sip of water, cup of, cup of coffee, cup of joe, cup of tea for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I really wanted that to work out for him and I imagine the Boston Bruins did as well but sadly it didn't. Columbus Blue Jackets waving Emil Benstrom, kind of surprising. He's still a young forward. He was only 23, as far as I know. And uh, yeah, I don't know if um, if he's getting claimed or not. But yeah, kind of weird that a young player like that is getting waived. Dallas Stars are waving Will Butcher. Um, yeah, that one just you know is a name that pops out to me because I thought he was an okay defenseman in New Jersey, but Dallas Stars don't seem to have a spot for him. Edmonton Oilers waving Devon Shore. Florida Panthers waving uh, Michael Delzaster is out of there. Chris Tierney, a little bit surprised there with Chris Tierney, but yeah. Uh, Los Angeles waving Phoenix Copley. He is a goaltender. Minnesota uh letting go nick patan just want to say nick patan because he's a former leaf um yeah i don't know if nick Batan's really ever gonna crack an nhl lineup anywhere he's he had like he has some skill he's just not doesn't really look like a nhl caliber player nashville predators also waving mark jankowski new york islanders not letting anybody that i know that's important Um, San Jose Sharks waived Aaron Dell so I was thinking between like Aaron Dell and Ingram I figured one of those guys Arizona would have picked up and they go with Ingram I think that's the better choice Seattle Kraken uh, wave Michael Kempney and like damn it I like Michael Kempney man I don't know I don't know why I might be the only person in the world that likes him but he I I used to pick him up on the regulars for like a waiver wire pickup in fantasy and he just whenever he gets into the lineup he's a little mutant out there he'll just get a bunch of shots and hits but can't say I've ever actually watched him play a hockey game so there's that St. Louis Blues, waving former Toronto Maple Leaf Josh Levo. I think he got claimed, but I, I don't remember which guy, what team he got claimed by, but I think he got claimed by someone. Tampa Bay Lightning, waving Philip Meyer, who was uh, part of the... Part of a trade. Part of a trade, I don't remember, but uh, yeah, it doesn't look like he's going to be cracking into their lineup. Toronto Maple Leafs waving a whole fuckload of people. Victor Mete, Kyle Clifford, Wayne Simmons, and Adam Gaudet. And as far as I know, all of those guys have cleared. And the story going around the league, a lot of Wayne Simmons talk that the Leafs uh, released a presser offering up Wayne Simmons to all 30 one teams in the league and apparently no one wanted a piece of the Wayne train which is really sad um some people think that Kyle Clifford is going to go down to the Marlies and become their captain but I think if Wayne Simmons is staying and he can play I think he should be the captain of the Marlies and uh yeah because Wayne Simmons is, is awesome kind of sad to see that Adam Goddet didn't make the team because I think he's pretty solid but we do have a lot of a lot of other players There's just a lot of people to pick from so too bad Adam Goddet didn't make it but oh well it happens and that's about all i have for the waiver wire news right now because there's there's just a ridiculous amount so there's just there's just way too much to cover right there and okay so that 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 that's enough okay oh god i'm struggling hi baby my kitty is here okay so let's talk about some of the news going around in the nhl uh over the last week so Uh, Last week, Hockey Canada had their little fucking meeting or whatever. I don't want to get too into it because I don't want to get all riled up because I was very, very angry at just the whole situation in general with Hockey Canada right now. In my opinion, it's a fucking disgrace of what's been going on. And thankfully, it came out like I think it was today or yesterday that they're all stepping down. The CEO stepped down. All the board members stepped down and they're getting the fuck out of there. And I, I am over the moon ecstatic about that because the fact that at the meeting last week that they had, they were basically trying to, you know, point fingers like, oh, it's society's fault. And, like, I didn't even want to fucking hear it because, nope, I'm not having any of that crap. So I'm just happy that they're all out of there. Fucking clean the cupboards of all that garbage. Get all those terrible people out of there that were dealing with this. The only person that I still want to answer is the dude that was in charge over, over the course of, like, from 2000 to, like, 2014. 15 or something. I don't know his name, but that dude needs to come out and start answering some fucking questions because he is as responsible as all these people on the board but um, yeah, we're taking uh, finally taking a step in the right direction with Hockey Canada. I think finally maybe with the the last straw, like all these sponsors are pulling out, like Canadian tires out, Reeboks out, and yeah, they don't. The best way to um, to do something with these people is to hit them where it hurts the most, and that's their wallet. Because honestly, that's all these people probably care about is the money. They're bitching about how they're going to keep the lights on and all that garbage. It's like, then fucking take it out of your own fucking wallet, you douchebags. But regardless, um, before I get too worked up, I'm just happy that all these people have stepped down and got the hell out of there. I don't think they should ever be in any sort of role of this caliber ever again with the disgrace that they've brought to Canada and the hockey program and all that stuff. It's going to take a long, long time for that to recover, but um, I'm just happy that they finally made the right decision and got rid of all these people. And that is very good. So looking, uh, I don't know how looking forward, like I'm obviously everyone's very hurt and the relationship between Canada and Hockey Canada, all of us Canadians, everybody who is involved or, or have kids involved in the programs have gone through these programs, like it's going to take a long time to rebuild that relationship and uh that trust especially and the allegations aren't done yet. We're not out of the woods with this yet. There's still a lot of investigating to be done, a lot of questions to be answered and so on and so forth and more punishment should be coming out to these people, but so far we've taken one small step in the right direction, but there's still a bigger picture to uh at hand here, but like I said finally i'm just happy that these douchebags are all out of there so yeah okay so now that that is over with we don't have to talk about that for a hot minute let's take a look at now that the preseason's over let's take a look at some of the overall standings and some of these teams because a few of them are a little bit concerning i don't know if they're it's really all that concerning maybe the word to use is interesting so let's take a look at the eastern conference first the atlantic division so uh, excuse me uh, they were led by the Toronto Maple Leafs in seven games. They went 5-2-0. and oh. Great. They scored 27 goals and, and allowed 14. So, 2-1 to ratio, pretty much. So, that's great. It's preseason, so I'm not looking too much into it. A lot of the, you know, the last game they played, they sent out uh, the big guns. They had Matthews out there and Marner just lighting up. I think it was Detroit. So... Yeah, not, not, it's it very uncomparable when you're basically putting up a tr- an NHL caliber team up against an AHL squad. So, stuff like that. So, you can't look too into this kind of stuff. But, I mean, the Habs went 0-6-2 uh, in, in eight games. So, that seems about accurate that the Habs are going to have a fucking miserable season. And uh, the one that, like, the two teams here that kind of, like, surprised me a little bit is is Tampa Bay in five games, they went 1-4. So, I I don't know. And they lost their game today. Um at three to one against the new york rangers i mean it is the rangers i don't know if there is a lot of cause for concern with the tampa bay lightning but they had a shitty preseason yes i know they got hit by a hurricane so that probably had something to do with and they didn't play that as many games i didn't see what squad they had out there but just the fact that they didn't win many games in the preseason looked bad and they lost their first game of the season so i don't know maybe that maybe they're starting to like really get worn down finally I don't think it's over. It's way too early to say to count out the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's for sure. Don't worry about that. I still think it's going to be the Vasilevsky revenge tour this year, where he's just going to go on a fucking mission, win that Vesna, and do just crazy things. But also the Florida Panthers. They went two, four, and zero in six games during their preseason, so not looking so hot themselves. But again maybe that has something to do with the hurricane over there but a lot of people are down on the Florida Panthers this year they're expecting a massive regression some people have them out of the playoffs which I think is a little bit fucking crazy but they we will just have to wait and see that's why I'm so excited for the season to start because I want to, <laughs> I wants to start seeing some of these these questions answered are these teams still going to be good like which which of the new teams like will the Ottawa Senators who had a pretty good preseason themselves they went Five three and zero and eight games, so not too bad. The only thing that they didn't do too good on is their goal differential. They scored twenty eight, but they led in thirty. So ugh, I don't know about that one. So not the best. uh The Leafs and uh the Bruins were the best goals against teams, and that doesn't surprise me very much with Boston because I think they have one of the stronger goaltending tandems in the league with Allmark and Swayman. But yeah, just something I noticed. It looks like the Habs are going to be terrible, but looks like the Florida teams maybe are a little bit slow out of the gate this year. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, wow, that's a little crazy. In the Metro, New Jersey Devils in seven games went 5 2 0 interesting so uh, they're definitely the biggest question mark team of this year some people are high on them some people think they could push for playoffs and other people think they're going to be crap as usual but uh, I don't know I fall somewhere in the middle I think they'll be competitive this year no I don't think they'll make playoffs yet unless like Jack Hughes goes super saiyan gets like 110 points this year and he takes another step Jesper Bratt continues to do what he can do Dougie Hamilton stays healthy and produces well, and they the biggest thing for them is they need that goaltending to get back on track. It's doubtful that their goaltending will be as bad as last year. It was insane. Their goaltending carousel last year, I believe they used eight different goaltenders last year, and I'd say five of them were not NHL-caliber goaltenders. So, yeah, they're desperately in need of to have a bounce back in net. That's for sure. Columbus Blue Jackets did pretty all right in eight games. They went 4-2-2. Two, and two and uh, yeah everyone else did pretty all right philadelphia flyers in six games went one and four uh yeah that sounds about right letting in uh, 16 goals and only scoring eight so yeah that sounds about right looks like philadelphia is going to be dog shit this year and yeah just that's how it's going to be the rangers didn't do too good in their preseason as well but they won the first game in the season and looked pretty good so doing it beating the tampa bay lightning three to one so there you go and then over in the Western Conference, Minnesota had a really good preseason, going six and one, scoring twenty-seven goals and only allowing twelve. So good, good preseason for them. I'm, I'm, I'm high on the Minnesota Wild. No, I don't think they're like going to compete for a cup. But considering the cap hell that they're in, I still think they're going to be a pretty strong team. If they're going to go as far as Kaprasov takes them, and they have Mark Andre Fleury back there. So I think Minnesota is going to be good. Again, some people are down on them. Uh, but I think they're still pretty good. Yeah, they lost Fiala, but I think uh, with Boldy coming in and Marco Rossi, those two kids look like they're going to be fucking dynamic dominating top six forwards, Boldy especially, because we already saw what he can do last year, and I think he could take that Fiala spot, take that no problem, and I think he's going to produce at the, a similar rate that Fiala did, especially if you put Boldy with, with um, Katrasov, ooh, that could be a deadly, deadly combo, but yeah, they had a really good preseason St. Louis did did good. Uh, the Jets did pretty decent. They went four and four, one and one in six games. So I'm I'm rooting for the Jets to have a bounce back or at least some sort of something to go right for the Jets because I've I've liked the Jets. Uh, less so once they lost Bufflin because I just I loved Bufflin. but I'm still a big fan of Connor Hellebuyck and Kyle Connor is still in my eyes one of the most underrated players in the game like no one talks to him and in the preseason previews that i was listening to no one puts the respect on his name what the hell they're like oh oh, he's just oh i don't think he's i'm like dude he's been so one of the best goal scorers in the league for like three straight years now like get put some respect on that name how dare you and then obviously the bottom of the barrel in the central arizona didn't win anything they went zero six and one so they're gonna be bad and then Chicago, oh man, I think they're going to be worse. I think Chicago is going to be the worst team in the league, especially depending on how soon they trade away Patrick Kane. Uh, they went in six games, 1-5-0, and oh, and they only scored fucking six goals and allowed 22. That is by far the lowest... Uh, Philadelphia only scored 8, and Tampa Bay only scored 9, but they only played in 5 games, but um, yeah, 6 goals in 6 games, that is dog shit, so Chicago is going to be very, very bad, Arizona managed to score 14 goals, so that's something, and then in the Pacific, you got Edmonton Oilers going 5-3-0 and oh, in 8 games, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. They let I didn't I didn't get to see much of them, and I only think Connor McDavid got into one, maybe two preseason games. So, not looking too far into that. And then the bottom of the barrel here, you got Vancouver Canucks. Not ha- they had a pretty miserable preseason in seven games, going two, three, and two. Scored 16 goals, but they allowed 26. So yeah, not really good looking right there. All the other teams were pretty much even, even Steven. I mean, even the Kraken did pretty decent right there. Six games, four, two, and oh. Not too bad. I'm not expecting much out of the Kraken. And then uh, the San Jose Sharks also had a pretty good preseason themselves, going four, one, and oh in their five games. Um, Yeah, you know, they were using Vlasic a lot. Uh, I feel like they're going to have to because of the amount of money that they're paying that guy. They are trying to get him into, like, 20 minutes per game, so... Yeah, some people are expecting a bounce back for Vlasic, but I don't know how much that's saying because a bounce back for Vlasic probably still isn't very, very good, but it is what it is. Okay, so like I said, the NHL season has begun. Uh, other, I, I watched uh, a bit of the second game of the Global Series. And it was pretty decent, man. Uh, it was it was okay. I I was enjoying the game. Uh, they went on a little goal scoring flurry there. There was like three goals and like a few minutes there. That was pretty entertaining. And of course, the best part of of the of that global series was seeing Yarmir Yager. He was there, and he was he dropped the puck, and then they showed him in the crowd, and he was three thousand percent wheeling and dealing in the crowd with his hottie that was fucking sitting next to him. More and lo- more than likely boinked the shit out of that chick that night. But um, good for Yager watch it's probably his daughter or something i'm gonna look like a fucking idiot but hot chick beside Yoger, more than likely Boinkin. so because Yoger is a stud but it was really cool to see him there they sang the the czech um anthem and everyone was singing along a lot of czech players uh featured on the san jose roster and they were they were really hyped up sadly they didn't, they didn't win any of those games nashville beat them both games and uh yeah that is what it is and then some of the games that went on the other day, Tuesday night, like I said earlier, New York beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-1. Zabinijad had two goals in that game, so he's off to a good start. Again, another one of the... Not, not, not so much respect put on his name when it comes to how good of a goal scorer he is because, like, dude, sometimes when he goes, he fucking goes. Like, he can score goals like a motherfucker. And then the only other game in the league... Uh, the other day was Vegas versus L.A. Vegas takes the win 4-3 to in, in epic fashion. Um, Stone wins it with 24 seconds left in the game. And on top of that, Vegas managed to have 51 shots in that game. So yeah, they were peppering the Los Angeles Kings. And looks like the Kings were able to stay in there. But I think Vegas is on a mission. Jack Eichel scored a goal in that game. So that's really good to see as well and uh yeah that's all that happened in the in the game so far like i said tonight we got the toronto maple leafs taking on the habs and i'm fucking excited so they released the the um, the leafs starting roster so let's take a look at what they got so we got the top line of michael bunting austin matthews mitchell marner i'm all good with that uh, right now, the second line they have listed as Pierre Engvall, John Tavares, and William Nylander. So I, I think I predicted that. Uh, I thought maybe Engvall might be able to get an upgrade onto that second line, just to see if he can, what he can do up there, and I'm cool with that. Uh, third line looking like Cali Yarncroak, Alexander Kerfoot, and Dennis Malgan has made the team, which I'm good with because Malgan had a hell of a preseason. I'm pretty sure he was the leading scorer in preseason, and a lot of people keep putting again no respect on his name. He's a pretty darn good little player right there, so I'm excited to see what he can do in the regular season. Along with Cali Yarncroak. I gave him I gave him a little bit of shit not not because of the player that he is, but just because like the contract confuses me because it's so many years, but I don't know. Giving term to a guy who is known to be extremely consistent and a, and a player that you know exactly what you're getting with him, even if what you're getting out of him isn't all that impressive, in my opinion. A 12-goal scorer consistently, uh, I don't know. It could be better, but it is what it is. And then the fourth line, Aston Reese, David Camp, and Abe Bell. So... Bottom line, looking very strong defensively. I mean, David Camp is a shutdown center. Zach Aston Reese, apparently, is also good defensively, and Abe Kubel as well. So it looks like we have potentially three scoring lines here. That third line, we'll have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see if they are going to be a a consistent scoring line. Kerfoot shows flashes of being like a really good point producer, but he can also be invisible at times. So interested to see what kind of uh, magic that third line can come up up with and I'm excited to see what Pierre Angval can do up there on that second line see what he can do he really had a breakthrough season last year and if he can hit 25 goals I would be happy with that and their defense is Morgan Riley and TJ Brody going on the top pair Jake Muzzin and Rasmus Sandin and then Mark Giordano and Justin Hall so yeah Justin Hall is still here and um yeah I've had my I've had my problems with Justin Hall. Uh he's just uh sometimes it just seems like he forgot completely how to play hockey at times, and he can be completely useless in front of the net at times, and sometimes he can't make a pass, and sometimes he just sucks. Absolutely sucks. But and sadly, uh Lil Liljegren is not going to be here for the open air of the season, and if you didn't notice Nick Robertson did not make the team, and I am super ultra mega sad about this, but I think the main reason why he didn't make the team is because he is a player that they can send down without having to deal with waivers, which is really important right now because, I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a joke around the league right now that whenever the Leafs put people on waivers, they're just going to claim them just to fuck over the Leafs. But I don't feel like teams can really do that this year because everyone's up against the cap. So there, there is that. And all of our players, as far as I know, the ones that the Leafs waved have all cleared. So that's cool. And then of course, the goaltending will be Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. And they have come out and said that um, uh, Matt Murray will be the starting goaltender uh, Wednesday night, which means Samsonov will be the goaltender for Thursday's game, which is, I, I, I'm, doesn't matter to me as long as they both win. All I want to see is wins out of those two, which is all I want. But um, yeah, I'm a little sad to see that Nick Robertson's going to the AHL. Doesn't mean that he's not going to play in the NHL this year. Injuries can happen. He could get called up. We don't know yet. But um, all the the most important thing for Nick Robertson this year is just to stay healthy. He missed a ton of time and COVID happened, which hurt his growth and, and being able to play in the minors. So... If uh, we can just get Nicky Robertson or Nicky Bobby, as some people are calling him, to uh, play top six minutes consistently, get a full season in there in the AHL, um, it it, I, I, he just really needs to stay healthy. That's basically it. Speaking of healthy... John Tavares apparently is going to be good to go for opening night and I am over the moon for that. I was so pissed off when he got hurt in preseason because that made me go off on my little tangent about like, why is preseason fucking 28 games long? Like it doesn't make any sense. People just keep getting hurt for no reason. It's all about money and money, 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 money. But anyway, John Tavares is good to go. And that leaves me to one question for myself what jersey am I going to wear first for my first game of the season I oh, so many options I mean I got my Morgan Riley I got my Mitchell Marner I got my I got a couple Matthews I got a Ned Belfour one if I want to be really weird I got my John Tavares. and I got a Joe Thornton one for <laughs> just because I, I why not? Why not? It was super cheap. So I got a Joe Thornton one. Um, I'll probably go with my Morgan Riley because my buddy Kyle and I, we have, um, I bought him the same jersey that I bought my Morgan Riley. So we're more than likely going to be wearing those jerseys tomorrow night. So yeah, Morgan, that's just my go-to jersey. Morgan Riley isn't my favorite player on the team. He's probably second. Uh, Matthews is my favorite player. I'm, it, it just is what it is. Uh, but Morgan Riley right there. Fucking love the both of them. And uh, my cat is making extremely weird sounds right now. I hope you guys can hear that, just so... Because it sounds really weird. It's just being really weird right now. Um, Okay, so that's that's all my Toronto Maple Leaf news for right now. I hope they kick the shit out of the Habs tonight. But let's talk a little bit about the Calgary Flames. So my buddy Cal, who lives in Calgary, sent me a pretty interesting um, little snippet out of... um, I don't know where this is from, but... Um if people don't know the the Calgary Flames Arena, the Saddledome is in dire need of being replaced. They need a new arena really uh, excuse me, really really badly. And he sent me this little article here. Let me just read it out to you. So, quote, part of the roof of Calgary's Scotia Bank Saddledome is falling apart literally. Documents obtained by CBC News through Alberta's Freedom of Information legislation. Holy crap, I can read, I swear. Legislation show that pieces of concrete have fallen loose from the roof's ring beam while other crumbling pieces have been removed to prevent them from falling. Engineering firm N recommended that there be inspections each spring and fall to monitor any deteriorating conditions of the concrete which have been caused by annual freeze-thaw cycles in april of 2021 the firm sent a letter to the calgary sports and entertainment corporate corporation which operates the publicly owned building advertising that sections of loose concrete were removed but it also states that the condition of the concrete around the ring beam is worsening at an accelerated rate. Earlier this year, netting was installed around the ring beam to catch any pieces of concrete that appeared to be imminently ready to fall. End quote. What the fuck is going on with the saddle dome? Can, can, Can we just... Come on, dude. Like, the, the situation with the, with the Saddle Dome is a fucking disgrace. The fact that they want, like, the, the the people of Calgary to basically pay for it, and they had a deal done as far as I, if I... Correct me if I'm wrong, Calgary people, but did they not have a deal done and then, like, it got squashed over, like, four million dollars for a parking lot or some shit, and we're talking about a multi-billion dollar fucking thing being built, and they fucking squashed it over a couple million dollars? Like, what the actual shit, dude? And... Did you hear that? Did you hear what I read? There's pieces of fucking concrete falling from the ceiling. What the actual shit? They're not going to fucking replace this freaking thing until 20 people are fucking crushed by a piece of concrete. And what do they put up? They put netting up to catch concrete pieces of beam falling from... Do you think the netting is going to catch that? Like, what the fuck, dude? If I was in Calgary, I wouldn't even... I would be protesting and I wouldn't even go to that fucking arena until I get a new one, but i feel really bad for the flames people out there like the saddle dome is a legendary building i mean the sea of red i'll never forget it like how crazy it gets in there in the in the playoffs and everyone wearing the red waving the towels around and all that shit fucking sight to behold and sadly i've I've never been to calgary before and i would love to i'm going to go to calgary someday soon uh to see my buddy out there of course but um yeah, dude, they are in desperate dire need to get a fucking new arena over there. And of course across the pond, you got Edmonton with one of the nicest, newest, fucking most expensive arenas of all time. And it's just hurting the city of Calgary, you know. They're losing they're losing bands and performances that they refuse to go over there because the acoustics are terrible. And on top of that, if if you have if you set your amps to 11, you'll probably kill everybody in the arena cuz the building will fall apart. So, Get your shit together, Calgary fucking, what is it, I don't don't know, government or whatever, I don't know, mayor, you get your shit together and you fucking get this thing done before you get, like, I don't want to see a tragedy happen, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't ever want to hear, like, oh, today in Calgary news, 25,000 people crushed today at a fucking... Uh, just a Bieber concert because Justin screamed like a girl and the building collapsed and everyone's dead now so how about we just get a new fucking arena built over there before it's too late That's what that's what I gotta say about that okay so since we're talking about Calgary and we were looking at some of the lines let's take a look at what they have projected lineups for the Calgary Flames because I love my Calgary Flames people out there and I wanna do you good so their first line as of what the fuck is that Oh, okay. Never mind. I was like, I was like, wait. That guy doesn't play. Okay, no. Never mind. We're all good. Never mind. Uh, top line for the Calgary Flames as listed right now: Jonathan Huberdeau, Elias Lindholm, and Tyler Toffoli. Second line: Andrew Mangiapane, Nazem Kadri, and Dylan Dubé. Third line: Blake Coleman, Michael Backlund, Trevor Lewith, and the fourth line: Milan Lucic, Kevin Rooney, and Brett Ritchie. Defense, you got Mackenzie Wiegert, Chris Tanev, that's dirty. Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, that's dirty. Nikita Zadorov and Michael Stone, less dirty. It would be a lot better if they had uh, Shillington in their lineup. But still, that's a very nice defensive core. Forward group, you know, we'll have to see what Dylan Dubé can do there on that second line. I feel really good with the combo of Nazem Kadri and Manji Apani. I think that's that's just going to be a worker's line right there. And, of course, Elias Lindholm with Jonathan Huberdeau and Toffoli going up there. Toffoli's a solid little player himself, and I love Blake Coleman, Michael Backlund on that third line. That's really nice as well, and then you got the goaltender of Jacob Markstrom and Daniel Vladar. I I just want to, the only thing that I hope this year is that Vladar gets a lot more starts than he did last year. I think he's a very underrated goaltender. He's very, very good. Uh, I remember streaming him quite often in fantasy last year because he was just—he was just really good, man. And even the Bruins, the that traded Vladar to the Flames, they even said like, the Flames are going to be getting a really good guy uh, right there. And I don't know why you would want to admit that, but it is what it is. And he looks like he's a—he's really good goaltender, in my opinion. So hoping that he gets into some more games this year, just so that you can give Markstrom a little bit more of a break. Nothing against Markstrom. I just want him to be more rested up because. There's no reason for him to be playing like 60 plus games when you have Vladar back there, who's a solid goaltender. And then the last piece of Calgary, uh, um, Calgary news: Flames extend coach Daryl Sutter to a U, uh, two-year contract extension. That's great news. Uh, Daryl Sutter and the Flames, I think, is just a match made in heaven right now. That team that he's got there, that we just listed off, looks like, you know having Milan Lucic and and that awesome defense core. Uh, that, it's just been great. And now you got Kadri in there. And he just looks like a fucking Daryl Sutter kind of guy. So, yeah, the two-year extension just makes a lot of sense to me. And then Kyle Ocpozo has been named Sabre's captain. So, congratulations to him. I thought maybe they were just going to not have a captain this year. But it makes sense for Kyle Ocpozo to have it. He's a he's a good leader and a great guy. So, good for them. And uh, also coming out that the Calgary Flames are not going to be having a captain this year. A little bit surprising, you know, Daryl Sutter came out and said that no one really has grabbed that, grabbed the, grabbed the role of, of the captain just yet. So maybe later on in the season, maybe they'll just not have a captain. You know, it's not the biggest deal in the world not to have a captain. They'll just run more alternate captains. Not a big deal. Uh, A little bit of good news for the Montreal Canadiens. Their first overall pick this past draft, uh, Slavkovsky and, uh, Caden Gooley are making the team. Uh that's good. I don't know if they're gonna stay up there, if they're just gonna use them for that 10-game stint and then send them back down. Uh Slukowski didn't burn the world down or anything in preseason. The the most impressive thing that I saw out of him was taking a hit that probably should have ended his life, and he barely even moved. So he's a big, big, strong boy. So I think the Habs aren't concerned about his size and strength. I think he's gonna fit right in there with the NHL. It's just that he's a very young player and there's a lot of things to learn when you get into the NHL. So it's gonna take him a little bit of time, but it was nice to hear that they brought in like a group of young players there and they all told them all together that they're all making the team. So that's really cool. Shane Wright in Seattle is also making the team for the Kraken, so he had a, a very underwhelming preseason. He got zero goals and zero shots, and I think he got one assist, but yeah, pretty underwhelming, but again, these kids are young. Not everybody is going to fly into the league like McDavid and Crosby and all that stuff, scoring 100 points right out of the gate, so just give him some time. Be patient with him. He, he'll probably be a very solid player for the Seattle Kraken. And then New Jersey's second overall pick this past draft, uh, I think his first name's Simon, but his last name is definitely Nemec. He is making the New Jersey's roster as well. Again, with all these players, they could easily be sent down after the 9-10 games or whatever so that they don't burn a year of their ELC or whatever. Uh, Would not be surprised in the slightest if that is the case. I was honestly a little bit surprised that Slikoski made the team. Not that he doesn't deserve it, it's just the fact that Montreal's going to have a fucking miserable year. And that doesn't tend to do very well for you young players, but we'll just have to wait and see. I'm really excited to see uh, some of these young players play because, uh, I mean, it'd be really good for the Kraken because they were so fucking terrible to watch last year. It only took a game and a half and I gave up watching the Kraken because it was just unwatchable hockey. They were so bad. And, um, yeah, so it'll be nice to see. It'll be a lot different there with the Kraken this year with Maddie Beneers and Shane Wright going in. Plus, they got a couple of guys in the offseason. That could be pretty interesting. So I don't think they're going to be very good, the Kraken, but they should be better than last year. So that's not really hard to do, but something I hope they do do. Do do. <laughs> I said do do. Okay, okay. So let's talk about so over the last um, last week where I talked about the article that the NHL.com released of their top – fucking players or whatever so they finally released their their top 10 nhl players uh according to the nhl.com not according to me so like i said if you're angry about this go yell at nhl.com so uh at number 10 they have alexander ovechkin honestly i think that's a little bit high for alexander ovechkin nope nope not that he isn't a great player i just think uh honestly like he's he he's he mostly just for the he's a power play specialist and, and like he's, he's not the way that he used to be he's not like going around smashing into everything and doing all that he, he's a little bit, he doesn't move around as much as he used to he's kind of just, well I mean he always just kind of stays on that point on the, on the power play and just stands there and bombs it but yeah, no, Alexander Ovechkin is still an incredible player but I think top 10 might be pushing it just a little bit like maybe 15 or something like that but Ovi is still Ovi man, he's still so good would not be surprised in the slightest if he hits 50 goals this season. I'm expecting more of, like, in between 40-45 goals this season. Um, a lot of people are thinking, oh, he doesn't have Backstrom there to pass it to him. It's like, dude, he's got Kuznetsov. Like, Kuzi is Kuzi is nasty. He's a great little player himself. But number 10, they got Alexander Ovechkin. Number 9, another Alexander. This one being Alexander Barkov of the Florida Panthers. This I like. I'm fine with that. I mean, Barkov is a fucking excellent two-way center dominating on both ends of the ice very good defensively very good offensively as well he had fucking how many how many uh 39 goals 49 assists last season uh he's dominant in the face-off circle winning 57 percent um yeah dude he's a really good player i don't know if he's going to hit like 100 points this season because well, honestly, I think Florida's going to rear that back a little bit this season. But, um, yeah, Barkov is a sick player. And I hope he has a sick year because I drafted him in one of my fantasy leagues. So uh, I've, I've actually picked him, like, two or three years in a row. And I'm a big fan of Barkov. He's so good. Speaking of so good, number eight, you got Victor Hedman. Honestly, one of my favorite players in the league. I love Victor Hedman. And uh, I can agree with that. And a top, uh, top ten player, he's so fucking good at everything. He, he literally he's so good at everything he's a minute minute i cannot say that every time i try to say minute eating minute eating defenseman he just plays like 27 28 minutes he could play more than that if he wants to if they need him he could score he could pass he defends incredibly well he's you know bad things just tend to not happen when victor hedman's on the ice he rarely makes a mistake he's extremely important to that tampa bay lightning team when he's not in the lineup It's very, very, very noticeable. I would say he's quite possibly, after Vasilevsky, the most important player on that team. That's just my opinion. I think he's incredible. Number seven, Sidney Crosby. Thank you very much. I think Sidney Crosby is not getting... People are starting to forget about how fucking good Sidney Crosby still is. He's unbelievable, guys. He's unbelievable last season he had 84 points in 69 games he's 31 goals 53 assists Crosby hasn't lost a step the only thing is that he just struggles to stay healthy and he can't usually play a full season but if Crosby played a full season last year easily would have cracked well over 100 points so yeah Crosby's still the fucking man so put the respect on his name how dare anybody I was hearing, like, the Steve Dangle was talking about how in his draft he was able to snag him up in the third round. It's like, wow, that's insane. I feel like, yeah, Crosby got done dirty in fantasy hockey this year. He was getting taken way late. And I understand it, like, he's getting older, and I think it's not against his skill. I think it's more just about that injury that, like, it's pretty much a guarantee that Crosby won't play a full season. He's more than likely going to be in that, I don't know, 65 to 70 Five game range these days but uh he's still the fucking man dude number six they got andre vasileski so nhl.com still believes that uh shisturkin is not the best goalie in the league and i i have to go ahead and agree with that because if, if shisturkin does what he did last year again then yeah i think it, i think he, you can hand the crown over to him but vasileski is still vasileski went to a stanley cup final again last year uh dude i mean it's Vasilevsky. he's he's still in my opinion, the best goal turn goaltender in the league and I think he's going to be he's pissed off this season and there's nothing worse than a pissed off Vasilevsky he could just decide I'm not going to let in any goals and he's probably just going to have like a fucking a 938 save percentage this year and he's going to be absolutely insane he's probably going to win a Vezna I I, I, I would not definitely not be surprised if he wins a Vesna. I have him winning the Vezna honestly number five they got Lee on Dreisaitl so uh, teammate, uh, wingmate, whatever—they uh, don't always play together, but they—they they play together most at times. They play at times. Leon Dreisaler, i mean, goddamn, this this guy absolutely just exploded. I remember when he first signed that contract, everyone was flipping out, and now look at it—it's one of the best deals in the league. Hundred-point player in his sleep, probably going to be in that uh, Rocket Richard race as he usually is. It's usually between him and Matthews, but. Um, yeah, dude, Leon Draisaitl is disgusting. Uh even last year in the playoffs, he was he was playing injured and apparently he turned into Brett Hall and he became one of the greatest like immobile players of all time. Like he, he could barely even skate and he was still just racking up the points. And what he and McDavid did last year in the playoffs was disgusting. Like I don't think I've seen two players dominate and get that many points in a playoff run ever. I have like maybe Malkin and Crosby when they were doing their thing or like Mario Lemieux and Yager back in the day, but these two were fucking tearing it up in the playoffs. It was ridiculous. Number four, they got Nathan McKinnon, Colorado Avalanche. I mean, dude's an absolute freak of nature, a mutant. Uh, uh, uh the, oh, He's so good. He's so fast. He is just so en- entertaining to watch play the game when he just explodes with that speed and he rips oh my god he's got a ripper on him man i think without question this year he's gonna crack that 100 points shockingly for the first time in his career but um mostly because the covid would shut him down where he was clearly on a way over 100 point pace i think it's safe to say that we will see the first uh, 100 point season out of nathan mckinnon which would be great And and last year, he only played 65 games and got 88 points. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think it's safe to say he's going to get fucking 100 points this year, as long as he stays healthy. Number three, Austin Matthews, Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, dude, this one I can actually, like, justify because I get to watch a ton of Austin Matthews, and I swear to God, man, like, he's, he's, like, he rarely makes a mistake. He rarely gets that he i don't know if anyone can take that puck from him and and if they do he'll get it right back like he is so good at getting that puck off of people he's so got that i mean what can we say about that shot the nastiest toe drake curl shots i have ever seen like he made me forget about how good phil kessel was like in, in an instant because of how insane his shot is Uh, People are saying that you could be looking for him to do a a real fifty and fifty, score fifty goals in his first fifty games this season. Honestly, I think uh, he should maybe put that on the back burner and focus more on that two-way game. It looks like... It's not that he's bad at it. He's, he's, he's solid at the two-way game. He's good. He can back check. He's, he, it's not that he he doesn't do it. I just want him to take another step and be like a dominant, be an elite two-way because he's not elite. He's definitely not elite when it comes to the two-way game. He's a good center. He can win face-offs. And uh, yeah, it looks like they may want to play with him a little bit on the penalty kill this year. We'll see how that goes. I'm hoping for that because... I think that's just great like it, it, Matthews can play more minutes if if he wants to he's still young and uh I think having him playing like I mean look at how many minutes that Connor McDavid plays he's playing like fucking playing as many minutes as a defenseman does and he's a forward he's playing like 25 26 minutes a night Connor McDavid because he's fuck Connor McDavid he can he's he's not built like you and I so uh yeah they can play him for a whole bunch more minutes and I think Matthews should have a few more minutes thrown at him, and um, yeah, I think I, I I can completely agree. I would I personally would have him. Well, I don't know because the next two were pretty. I'm I'm happy with him at three, but I wouldn't have been wouldn't have been mad if he was at two. Uh, I can't say that he's one, but uh, he's a very very good player without a doubt. The best Toronto Maple Leaf I've ever seen in my life watching, and uh, extremely entertaining. Whenever he has the puck, it's just like oh, it's so good. I cannot fucking wait to watch him tonight. And I'm gonna be high. And it's gonna be awesome because I haven't smoked weed in like, oh, not that I've been counting the days, 25 days, but I haven't smoked weed in that many days. And oh, I'm gonna get so fucking high. I'm gonna order a deep dish pizza. I'm gonna get fat. And oh, it's gonna be amazing, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna muck. I'm gonna muck food tonight, and it's gonna be so good. I can't wait. Number two, kale McCarr. So this one. You know, this, this, uh, I just haven't been able to watch, I guess, enough of Kale McCarr. I know he's incredible. Don't get me wrong. I know he's good. I just haven't seen enough of him play because it's just not a team I get to watch a whole lot of. I watched as much as I can of their playoff run last year. And, uh, yeah, he did some fucking insane things. And, of course, he had one of the greatest seasons of all time. I mean, he won the Stanley Cup. He won the Norris. He won the Conn Smythe. Like, We haven't seen a defenseman do that since Bob Yore, dude. Like and he's putting up numbers that are almost as good as Bob Yore in his prime back in the day. He's got numbers that have been better than Brian Leach. He's got numbers that have been better than Paul Coffey. And uh we have not seen a defenseman play in this manner since those guys. And I mean I know Roman Yossi had more points than him last year, but I mean Makar had twenty-eight goals. He's more than likely going to be a 30-goal defenseman. Like I don't think it's out of the question to see that this guy hit 30 goals in his career, which is fucking banana lands for a defenseman to hit 30 goals. Last time we saw that was Mike Green when he had his freaking ridiculous run, but Mike Green was nowhere near as good as Kale McCarr. Mc- Kale McCarr is dominant on both ends of the ice. He is changing the way that defensemen are in this league. Like we're going to start seeing, I think some really incredible defensemen start coming through in the NHL over the next like decade or so, because kids are going to be watching Kale McCarr and they're going to be wanting to do what he what he's doing. And he is doing something special, man. Something that I don't. I think he's going to be the first one, the first defenseman to crack 100 points since Brian Leach and all those guys. I, I can see that for sure. Him cracking 100 points. Kale McCarr is really fucking good, dude. And he can posterize people. He can embarrass people in an instant. Like Connor McDavid, turnstile you. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I'm going to be keeping my eye on a little bit more on Kale McCarr i'm aware of how good he is but i feel like i just want to start watching him a little bit more like usually when i'm watching colorado games i'm always watching nathan mckinnon because he's just so fucking explosive and dynamic i can't take my eyes off of him but yeah apparently there's a guy over there that's even better than him and even more dynamic and crazy and kale McCars. so according to nhl.com he's the second best player in the league and i've heard people argue that he's even better than connor mcdavid and um yeah dude uh, good fucking defenseman man he's insane and then, of course, number one being Connor McDavid. I mean, Jesus Christ! Um, it's been a while since we this this guy puts up points so insanely at an insane pace. Last year, it looked like he could have cracked fucking 150. I was expecting it. I had him going there, and it's it's still a possibility. Like Connor McDavid, t- in a technical term, in uh, for most players, um, I believe it's whatever his whatever age he's turning, 26, I think he is now, 25, 26. This is generally when you start seeing the best seasons out of players. You know, this is when you saw uh, Crosby hitting his prime OV hitting his prime and of course Wayne Gretzky when he was putting up his like 200 point season was in that age group so people are expecting that McDavid can even take another jump this season I really hope so because I drafted him <laughs> two years in a row I've had the first overall pick and I picked McDavid both times he did not let me down last year and I doubt he's going to let me down this year barring a terrible horrible injury but Connor McDavid is a mutant and uh yeah uh, the he's just insane why he the the game breaking speed that he brings to the game and the hands to match with it that's usually the thing that you don't get to see like usually they have one or the other like oh he's like super fast but he's like out of control but Connor McDavid can out he's the fastest skater in the league and he and his hands are just as fast and Again, we're probably going to see him. I've already he already did it in preseason. He walked through the whole entirety of the of Vancouver Canucks team and scored a beautiful top top cheese goal like he always does, and he's going to be doing that numerous numerous times for the next decade or so like who who knows how long he's gonna go he's probably gonna play until he's 40 because he's got such insane skill but yeah I, I i i'm really hoping that we see Connor mcdavid like break that 150 point marker something insane like that i could see him even doing a crosby where like people used to bitch about oh crosby can't score goals and he's like Hold my beer and then he fucking scores 50 and gets the rocket. I think McDavid could do that too if he really wanted to, if he wanted to focus on scoring goals. I think he can hit 60 goals if he wanted to. He can go up there and go up against Matthews if he wanted to, but he likes the dish. He likes to get, like, I could see him getting, like, a fucking like an insane season would be like 50 goals 100 assists can you imagine that and i can imagine that with Connor mcdavid because he's that fucking good so yeah i'll agree with the nhl.com on their on their top three i'm fine with that i'm not i'm not too upset i'm not upset or anything about ov being at number 10 i just don't i think there's other guys on that list that i named off that maybe are a little bit more talented all, all in all, but Ovechkin, without a question, is the greatest goal scorer of all time. He is going to break Gretzky's record, and he, at his age, the fact that he's still scoring the way that he has is fucking insane. Like, those Russians, man, they're just built different. They're built different. All right. I think that's everything that I want to talk about. I think we're I think we're all done here. So, thank you everybody for listening. If you're still here, you're a trooper. Make sure you you like, follow, and do all that good stuff for the podcast. Uh, go check the links down below. You can go check out my YouTube channel where I'm playing Disco Elysium and Resident Evil Three for Halloween. I'm gonna do a scary game, and that's the one I'm doing. It is very scary. At least I'm scared, but I get scared from every scary video game because I'm a little, I'm a little bitch. But um yep incredibly excited to watch the Leafs tonight um eat pizza and get high on 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 marijuana <laughs> it's going to be dope and I have uh Thursday booked off because I'm a loser and I booked it off so I can watch the Leafs play on Thursday and then they play again on Saturday so I am I am very excited for the opener of the season and I hope you guys are too hope you guys are going to be watching the Toronto Maple Leafs hopefully stomp the Habs in a in a massive victory and it's going to be awesome and all that good stuff I'm just happy it's It's fucking back, baby. NHL is back, and I cannot wait to watch it. Um, Go down there and follow me on Twitter and all that good stuff. We can talk about the games and and whatever you want and all that good shit. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and I will talk to you again real soon.